This is for this podcast is Blevins Insurance and here's what their customers have to say. Great insurance rates and customer service. We'll search for the best possible rates through many insurance companies. For more information, go to BlevinsInsurance.com or call 765-446-8999. To make a minimalistic design is so hard because you are eliminating, but at the same time, from a functional point of view, so how can you perform the maximum number of functions with the minimal use of materials and features? That is what minimal design is all about. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sarani, and I'm your host, Vidya Iyer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. Today with us, we have Rani Joseph. Rani is the founder and the chief designer at Zojila, a design studio for housewares. And Ronnie's passion for sustainable living, interest in minimalism, influenced the development of every Zojila product. Welcome, Ronnie. Uh, good morning to you, Vidya, and thanks for having me on your podcast. What inspires you to design? What is your thought behind a product? I have always, growing up, loved the earth and the surroundings, admired natural beauty, and was always disturbed whenever I see pollution or things that are in places where they shouldn't be. I think the earth is such a beautiful place, and I always felt that we should be able to leave it when our time is over in better shape than we got it. So that was there in me right from the beginning all my life. But having become an engineer and having had the opportunity to be in product development, I saw an opportunity, especially after I moved to the U.S., where I saw the amount of waste that was generated on a daily basis by most uh, people. I felt that uh, there was a better way to do things. And uh, it hurt me seeing all these things that were being thrown out here at Purdue University every summer. Uh, you can see when students move out, there's mountains and mountains of furniture and all kinds of equipment are being thrown out in the waste bins, and then they buy them again in fall. So seeing all that, I felt that we needed to have a better way. The landfills were getting full, and that was actually what led to uh, my wanting to design products that never needed to be thrown up. Did you have any training in design or was it just your engineering degree and just your, um, did you have an art degree? Do you have a, have any other exposure? I have not had any formal training as a designer, but uh, actually my first job ended up being as a designer at an automobile plant. And then I've done mechanical design in several of the other careers that I've had and jobs. But uh, I was always tinkering around. And finally, it looks like I've come full circle and found what I am really good at. I love all your products. I have several of them. And what I like is the simplicity. How do you go about designing this? What are the features? If you had to say like three things that you had to do to make the designs mindful, what would the three things be? Actually, it would be four things. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, a guiding design philosophy, which can be completely uh, embodied by our slogan. Uh, our slogan is form, function, for all, forever. So this, I have to say that uh, this is a takeoff on the original 
slogan that was created by Louis Sullivan, the well-known American architect. I believe it was in the 60s or maybe even earlier, which uh, the adage was form follows function. And that was a guiding principle for design for our generations of uh, designers, uh, where you uh, design the product based on how it should function and you let the form take whatever the function led it to be. So I had, I was attracted to that design philosophy and that actually is still one of the guiding uh, principles. But having uh, several decades from when that slogan was first coined, I think we are in a different environment and time in presently where we need to be considerate of other factors that are uh, affecting our lives uh, and uh, the planet uh, in a way. So I felt that designers need to be looking at other aspects too. So we added the two uh, other words to the slogan, which is for all and forever. And as we, mm -hmm. I will be uh, able to point out as we talk uh, right. how these things are reflected. Mm -hmm. When I look at your product, I feel what goes into it being um, sustainable is even the use of raw materials is minimalized. Like I know in your um, uh, napkin holder, the pin that holds a cantilever, you could have put a chunky thing. It, it seems like nothing, you know, but even you're making thousands of them, that's a waste. So I feel it goes right from the way you design the the materials you use to achieve, of course, these four things, the form, function, forever, and for all. So I think the way you design the raw material that you pick, there's no excess waste. And talk about your packaging a little bit. Yes. Um, every aspect of uh, running a design business, right from the conceptual design of the product to the final packaging and how it gets to the customer, uh, can be done in a very mindful way. Mm -hmm. And uh, every stage of it, we like to say that we do what is called design for manufacturing and we also do design for sustainability. And uh, so the packaging part of it, uh, there's a couple of aspects to it. Uh, we have the product itself is packaged in an original box. Uh, and there again, we do not uh, do any fancy printing or use any colors. We just use black ink as a way of uh, reducing the impact of dyes and other things. So it's not something that's meant to catch the eye on a, on a shelf in a store because we mostly sell online. So we have minimalized the need for a, a very uh, attractive eye-catching package. Now, the second part of it is when the product ships out to the customer in an outer box, what we have done is uh, we only use recycled boxes for that purpose. I think it's, uh, and being uh, uh, surrounded by uh, pristine stuff that is being thrown out once a week, it's very easy to get these boxes. And we do say on our website up front to the customer to expect to receive their product in a reused outer box. Plus, the other aspect of that is that it also reduces costs for the customer. Mm -hmm. You can pass these savings on to the customer. So Excellent, yeah. where we uh, spend more money on choosing better materials that will last forever, like stainless steel instead of uh, plated steel, where it costs us more, we have to find areas where we can offset that increased cost. 
So packaging is one of the areas and a customer probably throws out the package within a few minutes of opening the item. It's a perfect place to cut out on waste. There are uh, packaging materials that you use. Uh, we collect it from other businesses in town. We have people dropping off their packaging materials to our business. So we have never had to buy any any packaging materials. In fact, wow. sometimes I collect uh, so much that more than what I need that I am actually able to give it to other businesses that use it or they might even sell it. So just to give a ballpark, how many pieces of all your products put together do you sell? Well, since we sell on multiple uh, channels and uh, uh, it would be easily probably in the range of about 10,000 pieces. So yeah, so about a thousand pieces a month. So, you know, what I'm trying to bring is that even if you're mid-size, you can implement these practices and be sustainable and be profitable. Reduce your cost, reduce the cost for your customer and the impact on the environment. If there is one product you're completely proud of, you set the bar high for yourself. There is no organization or government agency which is telling you. You're self-imposing these values in your product, in your company, in your practices. So if there's one product which has met your standard, which would that be? Actually, if I were to look at it from a point of view of uh, which has been uh, the most successful, the most appealing, the most in demand. And oh, I meant like most in like meeting your standards of it being sustainable. From a yeah. sustainability point of view, it would have to be the Rohan dish trainer, which was also our first product. The reason being that this is the one product that uh, has already probably eliminated a whole bunch of tons and tons of uh, waste from that landfill. Typically, uh, even now today, if you look at uh, comparable products uh, in the market, there isn't a single product uh, uh, which is a, which performs a function of uh, drawing dishes, which is made of 100% stainless steel. It's uh, the best products out there. Some of them are 50% stainless steel and the rest is plastic. In fact, the drain board is usually the plastic part of the mm-hmm. strain. Mm-hmm. So there is no product even to this day, 15 years after we introduce a product, there isn't still a comparable product on the market. So people that have bought the product, they have never had to buy another one. And by the way, we do have a lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was is, just coming to that. Yeah. Which is what is uh, captured by the fourth uh, word of our slogan, forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have designed it in a way and manufactured it so that it's very durable. And we back it up with a lifetime warranty. We have had to replace it occasionally because there's probably been a weak weld or something like that. But the materials itself, it's 18, 8 or 3 or 4 stainless, which does not rust. So people have been using it for 15 years and it can still look like new. So from that point of view, that has been the most successful product. Although there is room for improvement in the design, even on that product. What do you think well, you would uh, like to change? Well, this is based on customer feedback. We find that, uh, so let's say we have about 10% of people that return this product for whatever reason. So I have tried to ask them every time I have a return, I insist on asking the customer what was the reason. About 5% uh, or half, 50% of the people that return the product return it because it is too small for them. The other 50% return it because it is too big for them. <laughs> okay. So the good thing is that, which means that 90, it fits it's 90%, 90 yeah. of the you people. You can, cannot please everybody. Yeah. Yes. So that itself is a huge achievement mm-hmm. on designing a product, which is so widely used. Everybody's 
dishes are different from everybody else. Of course, yeah. It is an extremely difficult task to design something universal that would fit everybody's needs. Right, right. So that is where the room for improvement is because the way we could improve on this and make it more universal is by making it a modular design. People or could it be flexible? Can you extend yes, it? Or, you you know? could make it uh, enlargeable uh, or people could buy specific modules that mm-hmm. they could put in and pretty much uh, configure the dish rack that they want. That would be uh, the next step of improving mm-hmm. the design. The sponsor for this podcast is Blevins Insurance. Blevins Insurance specializes in putting together packages for your home, auto, life and business insurance needs. They are backed by multiple reputable insurance carriers. Blevins Insurance is great at identifying potential gaps within your current insurance policies. They are licensed to serve insurance in multiple states including Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky and Tennessee. For more information, go to blevinsinsurance.com. B L E V-I-N-S insurance.com So where are your products manufactured? Right now, uh, most of our products are manufactured overseas, but we do have a couple that are made here locally. But even the ones that are manufactured overseas, we do have to do a lot of work once we bring them in here. Uh, And also we do offer some of these products in multiple finishes. So we do that here locally. For instance, uh, things that are powder coated, we could offer them in different colors and we do that locally. What about the factories in China? What about their practices? Are you cognizant about their practices? I know it's hard to balance everything. Each As a business, you have to be profitable. Have you visited the factories in China and what do you think? And in your case in China, uh, the factories there... Do they meet all these three marks of being socially, economically, and environmentally conscious? Or do they meet some? Or is there room for improvement there? From what I have seen on my visits to China, the factories are quite efficient. The working conditions, the factories that do the work for me are in the southern part of China. So the weather is such that you don't need heating even during uh, the winter. So the factories did not provide heating. Mm-hmm. Um, the workers were given accommodation. They had places to live, mm-hmm. uh, which was probably which is typical of most Chinese. Now, because they come from the villages. They come and, from the village. Right. They only go back uh, probably twice a year, mm-hmm. once in February and once probably in October or something like that. So that's typical for Chinese manufacturing enterprises. Now, from the point of view of uh, one thing that I saw on one of my visits, which was very disturbing, was uh, we do a lot of TIG welding uh, on the stainless steel on the manufacture of the dish rack. And uh, I had asked for a specific type of welding, which is called a T-weld, where one piece of wire butts into another piece of wire from the side so that you don't see the edge of the wire. This particular type of welding could only be done manually and uh, it would take a little more time and I thought it would cost more but uh, the manufacturer was willing to do it either way for the same cost. Either put wire on wire or do the butt weld so that the edges are not seen. So I naturally from a design point of view it was far cleaner 
to have the ends mm-hmm. not visible. So when I went there, I saw how they were doing it. It was being done manually and uh, noticed that the worker that was doing this, he was very skilled uh, because it's a, and he was doing it really fast. But at the same time, he was not wearing eye protection while welding. So I asked, why isn't he wearing eye protection when doing TIG welding? And the owner told me that they have the equipment, but they prefer not to wear it. It's in the way they can't work as fast or maybe it's... uh, make some sweat after some time or whatever. So I saw that they were not, the workers were not going to change the way they're doing it and they were doing lasting damage to their eyes. Mm -hmm. So I decided to change the weld. So I went back to the wire-on-wire design, which Mm -hmm. is not as desirable, but I managed to do it in such a way that the one wire was hidden underneath the top wire so it wouldn't be completely seen, but the end would still be there. But I felt I had to do this. Otherwise, most of these workers would be going blind within a few years. So which product was this on? This was on the dish rack. The Rohan. So Yes. Yep. So we have a lot of uh, welds that are now wire on wire instead of butt, uh, butt weld. Mm-hmm. So that was a compromise I had to accept on the design itself. Uh, just for the sake of the health of the world. So the fruit holders, they are made by the uh, glass company in Indiana, right? Yes, one of the fruit holders is made in uh, Kokomo or Palisson Glass, which is the oldest uh, glass factory uh, uh, in uh, in the U.S. So how did you find them? And what are their practices, if you talk about it? They make a particular kind of glass called art glass. So the, the thing about art glass is you can add all kinds of glass, recycled glass, into that mix and uh, you can come out with uh, very spectacular, beautiful pieces of glass. Mm-hmm. So they can recycle everything into their mix because m- melted down and reused. From that point of view, I think uh, they are not wasting any materials. Although from what I have seen, that the factory itself being uh, decades old is probably not the most efficient in terms of energy use. So I'm, I'm just happy that there is a manufacturing right here in Indiana and you don't have to ship those glasses from China. Which, you know, then you talk about the shipping costs, that it, the damage to the environment, just shipping everything uh, from uh, you know, China. So, But we have to sort of balance. We don't have the manufacturing here for the rest of the, what you have to sell. and We have to make it there because only then can you sell it. The one thing that I want to bring about Ronnie is Ronnie and his company and his pricing. He wants his goods to be accessible. To say he should price his products higher so that people understand the value of uh, the effort that's gone and the quality and things like that. But Ronnie deliberately keeps it accessible for the quality and for the durability and the lifetime warranty because he wants each and every person in the world to be using a row and rack and and stop using the wire or the plastic of the ones which you know you have to replace every few years. And I think you're inspirational to any young designers. So if there are other designers out there who want to be what you are and do what you do, what qualities do you go to design school or does it need to come from within? What are the qualities that a person needs to do what you do? I, I think the primary quality for that a designer should have and would be very useful is uh, a sense of curiosity and uh, a willingness to question the status quo. My, again, I go back to the example of the dish rack. I was so frustrated at uh, the dish rack that I had in my kitchen because I used to do all the washing. I did not like the idea of using the dishwasher, which is, again, uh, because I questioned the efficiency in terms of water and energy use for the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. 
And I actually saw, and also the time, I used to see people uh, pre-washing their dishes and then putting it in the dishwasher and uh, the dishwasher running and all of that stuff while the same amount of dishes I could wash at one time and finish faster than the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. So that was how I decided that dishwashing was an inefficient way for me. That's why I had to find a good dish rack because to dry it. And then I couldn't find one on the market. So that was why I questioned uh, the concept of uh, why does everything have a tray that collects water? Why can't the water drain directly into the sink? So th those questionings. And then further and further, once you decide, if you look at uh, the market today, there are several plastic dish trainers that are meant to drain into the uh, sink. They don't do a good job of draining because they don't have the proper slope or they have like, uh, they've become out of shape. So the water collects in the middle. So looking at uh, one thing I like to do is, you know, if you look around us, I think nature is the best designer. Uh, nature has had millions of years to perfect everything that we see around. You can learn a lot of design from looking at nature. That's I've never heard that. That's yes. pretty cool. In fact, uh, the Rohan dish rack, its most effective function, which is in the drain boat, mm -hmm. drain the water, is completely taken from nature. If you look at any tree and you look at any leaf on a tree, every leaf has something called a drip tip. So the tip of the leaf is narrowed and in a way that after a rainstorm, the water on the leaf is effectively oh, drained. Never thought about that. Yeah. So I knew this because I'm a nature lover and I knew this about leaves and how they do it. So I said, how could I do the same thing on the dish rack? So initially I thought on the drain board, I should mm -hmm. have a tip like the uh, pointed down. <laughs> then you have to balance it against other considerations. I didn't want a sharp, yes, yes. pointed thing like a spear yeah, yeah. Uh, hurting people. So then I looked around, I had to think about for the solution. And finally, it dawned on me suddenly, make the entire edge folded. So the yes, entire yes. edge became a, 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 drip, a drip, pointed drip. Right, right. And then it also had the additional benefit that structurally, it made it the whole stable. thing stiffer. Yeah. Okay, so, so minimalistic design, when you asked me that question earlier, it is harder to design something that is minimal than something that is not. The easiest way to make a design is to keep throwing all the features that you want in there and end up with a completely messy design. To make a minimalistic design is so hard because you are eliminating, but mm -hmm. at the same time, from a functional point of view, how yeah. can you perform the maximum number of functions with the minimal use of materials and features? That is what minimal design is all about. And I think the Rohan uh, dish track, the drain board, does that. I don't think many people can know about that but that folded edge came from nature it was a pleasure having you if you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show send us a message on our facebook or instagram page we recorded this podcast at q1067 in lafayette indiana tatum gale composed the music for this podcast this is mindful businesses with the eye